This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Brush some dirt off your shoulders after that Drake London pick, sir. <laughs> Nicely done there. Let's go ahead and talk about week seven, because I think one of my favorite parlor games is when we know that Seattle will have a positive game script. The question is, who's going to go off? Because certainly the receivers are great. The running backs are great. And it's just a fun parlor game to figure out which skill position player is going to go crazy. So in a game where they are heavily favored against Arizona, who do you like from the Seahawks offense? We think everyone can get there even last week when we talked about the rams it would have been a much more drowning in favor of los angeles if puka nakua and tyler higby had caught their two touchdowns that they dropped Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day i think we go to kenneth walker in this spot uh initially because cardinals 25th in yards per attempt to opposing running backs 22nd in their rate of explosive runs 10 yard gains allowed and even kyrie williams last week Despite starting the first half, just two carries, they came out of the half, their first six plays in the third quarter, all runs. And then we saw him have four runs of 15 plus yards whenever they started getting that going. That's kind of exactly how the Seahawks want to play. Although maybe some other players get there. Uh, I'm hoping Jackson Smith and Jigba numbers don't get too steamed. DK Metcalf now quietly back to back. DNPs for the Seahawks and we did see an uptick in usage for Jason as well not only just to get him on the field it's how the Seahawks changed their offense over their bye they returned against the Bengals at with the 10th highest rate of 11 personnel usage and passing from three wide sets at the league's 12th highest rate that those numbers were 23 and 25th before the bye so it actually was like a purposeful change to more three wide sets and because of that since the cardinals are allowing a league high 10.7 yards per catch to opposing slot receivers jsn kenneth walker those are the two places i look i know it's a final injury report for most of these games we'll get some clarity later today Mm -hmm. and then you know but it's the nfl so probably not as well like questionable good luck (laughs) Uh, Fantasy-wise, prop-wise, how are you handling these backfields? The Lions backfield, the Rams, and it's not till Monday, but uh, the Niners. What are we doing? Lions, Rams, Niners, expectation, just thoughts on those situations. I'm waiting to see if Jameer Gibbs gets a full practice in today, because if so, 
I think we have the evidence we need to know that he's going to be in every touchback, essentially. We've already seen him and Craig Reynolds play one game without David Montgomery this year. And in that game, Jameer Gibbs handled 72% of the team's backfield touches, out-touched Craig Reynolds 18-4, to and ran 20 routes to his eight. We think Gibbs gets all the work if he gets in a full practice. If he stays limited throughout the week, as he's been Wednesday and Thursday, then it's a grenade. I don't know if I'm ready to like predict who gets the touches and where, because maybe he's just limited in his first game back. For the Rams, it's so interesting. It's all over the place because you have narratives of Zach Evans being the last man available. And Sean McVay last week said, whenever Evans came on the field in replacement for everyone, that he did look good at the end of the game. Uh, Daryl Henderson obviously knows the playbook, but he's been out of the NFL now for nearly a year. Uh, Miles Gaskin got poached from Kevin O'Connell's practice squad, I'm assuming because he can pick up the playbook a little faster than most people, since Kevin O'Connell obviously trickles down from Sean McVay's coaching tree. And then the third one, uh, who am I forgetting here? Um, Miles Gaskin, Daryl Henderson, Zach Evans. That's where we're at, by the way, in week seven. Anyways, Royce Freeman, (laughs) special team. Royce Freeman, I believe, is only okay. there to play special teams as he's been the past couple of games. So I think it's Zach Evans. The issue is that I don't think any of them have a ceiling. Even for their props, you probably have to lean under for all of them just because we've seen now the last two games with Cooper Cup back in the mix, the Rams have targeted their running backs at a league low 5.5% rate. No one except for Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua are being used in this passing game. So you can't trust anyone. Uh, I still kind of believe in that over, and I believe in Rams passing yard props, just because Stafford, as long as he's not under pressure, has been a completely different quarterback this year. Even eight yards per attempt from a clean pocket. The Steelers' numbers, although creating pressure has been good. Eighth in generating pressure, sixth in blitz rate. Whenever they don't get there, uh, that's when Stafford should take advantage of this defense that's 26 and rate of 15-yard gains they've allowed through the air. Not only that, but those numbers would be even better if the Ravens caught those four touchdowns a couple weeks ago. So uh, I think the Rams can definitely have success. It's why it's one of only two games on the entire board where the total's actually gone up. In 2023, totals only go down, as we're seeing in Week 7. <laughs> so uh, that's the way I'm looking at that backfield. And then for the 49ers, it's toss-up in the air. I genuinely think Christian McCaffrey is going to play, but if he's going to be limited, that throws a wrench into everything because then we probably will see a three-headed backfield between him, Elijah Mitchell, and Jordan Mason, and that doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help us with props at all. Even Kyle Shanahan came out and said last week, Elijah Mitchell didn't practice until Thursday, his first day, uh, and that's why Jordan Mason was used whenever Christian McCaffrey initially got injured and Mason out-touched Mitchell 4-1 to one to close the game whenever McCaffrey was injured. But we don't expect that to happen since Shanahan said so. It was only because Mitchell was injured. So I think it's a messy, messy timeshare out there. Texans on a bye, so we can't discuss Nico Collins Ant. this week. Oh, what are we going to do? We've already been talking about some props that we like, but I want to open it up to you. Do you have a favorite prop for this week that we have not touched on yet? Yeah, the favorite ugly prop of the week, even though I really like it still, is uh, Darius Slayton receiving overs. And I'm, tr- I'm trying to mix in Darius Slayton. I play all these. <laughs> I play all these other. 
Yeah, it's ugly. I play all these other like one-off <laughs> contests for like fantasy too, where like you have to have a wild card. And I'm picking Darius Slayton everywhere, but it's the fact that we saw the Giants change their rotation on Sunday night. And if you didn't see that, that's okay. Like if you just turned the game off, it was worth that. You shouldn't have watched that game. Uh-huh. <laughs> but they they changed their three wide sets entirely and stuck with Darius Slayton, who led the team in routes run, 87% of dropbacks, and then Jalen Hyatt and Wandell Robinson all for over 72%. They pretty much removed Isaiah Hodgins, who only ran 11 routes. Sterling Shepard was active, zero routes, and they helped scratch Paris Campbell. They have a set in stone, three wide sets, I'm assuming, moving forward. And part of the process, not only for his volume, but part of the process for getting there for Drake London um, was the fact that they were playing against the, this commander's defense that has been absolutely miserable. Uh, since week two now, fourth most yards per attempt, and the eighth highest rate of explosive passes through the air against them. Not only that, but 60% of Darius Slayton's targets from Tyra Taylor last week came 20-plus yards downfield. So if we think we're getting the volume, we think we're getting these deep shots, not only that, but the commanders are 32nd in yards per catch, 11 and a half, allowed to opposing boundary receivers, where Darius Slayton leads the team in routes run. I think it's, you know, the stars aligning for however much they can for Darius Slayton for a breakout game. So I like Slayton overs. And it's also something, too, where, you know, assuming Tyrod Taylor is out there again, you can expect that consistency. If it is specific to the quarterback, then that makes sense. But if it's not specific to the quarterback, well, that doesn't matter for this upcoming week. Then we can kind of figure things out, mix and match as we go forward. So definitely, I think that's a great play. He is John Daigle right here on BeckQL Daily. Make sure to follow him on X at NotJDaigle. Question for you concerning all of these unders uh, that we're seeing uh, so Mm. far through six weeks of the NFL slate. We're getting a lot of totals as well in the 30s and low 40s. And there are many reasons for that in terms of red zone offense and, you know, two deep safeties, things like that. But I'm curious which low total actually makes sense where it's okay to bet on an under low total. And maybe there's some under props to bet on as well. The Raiders-Bears is interesting. I wish I knew more about and had any faith in Tyson Bajant carrying that side of the offense. Even when he came in the game, that's when Deontay Foreman had 10 of his 15 carries last week. It was basically to hide Bajant. And then we saw the, the fumble six. We saw that egregious underthrown interception on first and 10 in a one-score game to the DJ Moore. But if Aiden O'Connell starts, that's kind of like where my ears perked up. I was like, well, the last time we saw O'Connell, who was easily the best quarterback in the preseason, uh, he he was just having to deal with Khalil Mack living in the backfield for six sacks the entire time, whereas the Bears are 21st in pressure rate. Quarterbacks are pretty much doing what they want against Chicago still outside of running against them. They've, They've quietly had a very good run defense with their linebacker additions, and so... I I believe Aiden O'Connell can push the ball, but I have enough questions about both sides to where I think I would still lean under in that game. Uh, What I'm really hoping is, although the total came down, uh, I'm really hoping this Chiefs-Chargers game saves the 2023 season. I have my concerns, but we really need this game to be a shootout as Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert have shown us time and time again, they do whenever they face one another. We just need points to restore our faith here. And and I'm a little worried since the Chiefs defense has just been so damn good. 
Uh, 13.4 mm-hmm. points per game since they brought Chris Jones back. Not only that, but even if you look at all the exa- advanced metrics, second in EPA per play and drop back success rate and limiting opposing quarterbacks, third highest rate of pressures they've converted into sacks in that time. And more importantly, the Chargers without Mike Williams, only a two-game sample and a lot left on the table from Justin Herbert specifically. We saw how open Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer were a couple of times against the Cowboys on Monday night, and Herbert just whiffed on them. But still, the last two weeks, the Chargers are 28th in yards per play. Herbert is one of eight on throws 20 yards downfield. It's been bad so far. So a little bit worried, unfortunately. What is your favorite cider total of the week? Uh, my biggest bet of the year, responsibly, is on the Eagles, <laughs> anything under minus three. Uh, I, I got it at minus one, but I believe it's two and a half last I checked. And it's just the mm-hmm. fact that we're getting a discount on Philadelphia. Uh, the Jets have made everyone look stupid. They forced Josh Allen into his worst game of the year. Patrick Mahomes had his fewest passing yards with two interceptions against them. And then, of course, the they turned Jalen Hurts and the Eagles one-dimensional and then picked them off three times this past game. Whereas on the other side of the ball, although we think the Dolphins can move the ball with ease, their defense has been atrocious. And they've really just been banking on playing bad quarterbacks and dunking on everyone for 70 points. 34 points allowed to Justin Herbert. Over 40 allowed to Josh Allen. Now we get this Jalen Hurts offense, and we don't think the Dolphins can turn them to one-dimensional. We believe they can have success on the ground, as they had shown they've done all year long, except against New York. So I think it's a pretty good matchup for Philadelphia. This Lions-Ravens game has been interesting from a Pops perspective. I can't really figure out what to do. It seems like it's been a bit of a down year for tight ends this year, too. I know scoring has been down overall, but, I mean, Mark Andrews, unders. I I don't know where to go in this one. Anything you like props-wise here. It was supposed to be windy conditions, and I think that's Mm -hmm. why the total came down. We talked about a total I would bet under on. This is the one I'm waiting to see what the market does on Sunday morning because I think we could get some buyback here. Even the line opened at 44, went down to 41 and a half, and it got pushed back up to 43 because it it makes a lot of sense for the Ravens offense, a lot of success here. Uh, the, the Lions defense has been chaotic on the surface. But honestly, this is their first real test since they allowed 37 points to Geno Smith and the Seahawks in overtime because the last month they've played Desmond Ritter, Jordan Love, Bryce Young, and Baker Mayfield. And the way the Lions Ooh. operate in scheming the fourth highest rate of zone coverage, like that's that's what Lamar has been best against this year. 71% completion rate, 8.7 yards per attempt against zone. Not only that, but it also favors Zay Flowers, who we also got there with a anytime touchdown last week, his first one of the year (laughs) Mm -hmm. in London. But Zay Flowers has seen 55% of his targets against zone coverage, has nearly tripled his yards per route run compared to man, and he's averaged 12 and a half yards per catch. So I I think it favors the Ravens through here. They can't run the ball. Look at Gus Edwards' under-rushing props, by the way. That's one of the best ones on the week because we also think Keaton Mitchell will get involved, but also the Lions have been stuffing the run. Not only that, but if the Ravens have success through the air, we think that pushes Jared Goff, who's been really good, even on the road this year, surprisingly good. And without David Montgomery, I think that's how the Lions know they have to play. Ben Johnson is one of the less stubborn OCs in the entire NFL. Even last week against the Bucs, they knew they couldn't run, and they ran the 10th highest pass play rate 
from neutral game script. Also, teams, knowing they can't run against the Ravens, have been calling the seventh highest pass play rate against Baltimore. So I, I think it has the cocktail for an over. I just would like the market to nudge me in the right direction. Makes sense. I like it. John Daigle of 4 for 4 and Bet Spurts. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we continue our look at the Week 7 NFL card with the Cardinals, Seahawks, and Chiefs and Chargers on tap. That's right here on the BetQL Network.